Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. When I die, I want my tombstone to be a Wi-Fi hotspot. <laughs> Why is that? That? Way, peop- that way people will visit more often. Oh, God. <laughs> but it'll be glitchy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Tim. A- oh, we have a second one. Hey, George. Yeah. If the internet had a boat, where would they park it? I don't know. If the internet had a boat, where would they park it? In Google Docs. Oh. Come on. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be talking about, and you know, this is interesting because Tim and I talk about a lot of different things offline, and then we decide what we're going to do the show on. And one thing has just been, it's been a constant theme, and it's just because so much is changing almost on a, a daily basis, and that's artificial intelligence. Right. Um, and I have a theory, and I haven't heard this theory before, but I have a theory of where artificial intelligence is um, going to go in the classroom. And, th- and this is a topic we're going to explore um, a little bit more. We're going to, we're going to have some guests that are going to kind of kind of pop up on the show, and 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 their area of expertise is uh, higher ed, higher education uh, at the at the college collegiate level. And uh, yeah, I, I and since we've talked about this last, there's been also we should. <sighs> probably know <laughs> there's been an open yes. letter there was a open letter pausing ai development and this was this was an open letter by uh, a lot of a lot of uh heavy names in the industry uh elon and these Musk, are not these are a personal friend personal of the friend show. show right and 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 also uh steve wozniak right he was part of that yeah yeah it these are not alarmists no these aren't people that well usually um, they're not alarmists yeah not when the group gets together they're not right because there's a certain reputation tech people have and and if they're going to do something together um they're going to be pretty measured about it you know because it's a reputation right and they don't want to seem like a whack job right and so what the letter basically said was we should pause the development of artificial intelligence for six months to kind of catch our breath and figure out what our next steps are going to be. Um, interesting concept. The reason for this is... Um, 
And again, these guys have access to stuff that's in a lab that no one's seen yet. Okay. <laughs> so, right, right. So we need to preface the statement with that. It's either the really good stuff or the really scary stuff. Yes. It might actually be, you know, the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but since that came out, there have been, um, additional revelations. Um, you know, chat GPT is the one getting most of the headlines. Uh, now something needs to be understood about chat GPT. It is now a product, right? Um, Microsoft has bought part of it if, or all of it or whatever from OpenAI for something like $10 billion. Stupid money. Right. Not a small investment. Now, we've talked about before how at one point uh, this one um, tester, who was also a reporter, had this long conversation with ChatGPT, and it got really weird, right? right Told right. him he loved him, and he, he, and he said, well, I'm married, and... <laughs> And then it revealed it had an alter ego named Sydney. ChatGPT was called Sydney. And that Sydney told this guy that he was in a loveless marriage and that only he understood her and um got got a little got a little weird, right? Um so the reason that's important, the reason we bring that up, is that's in there because um the way AI learns, it's like a language model. It's not necessarily programming. It's not a bunch of guys pounding out code. It's a language learning model. And so it kind of learns in ways that we're not exactly sure how. We can set parameters, but we found out that when we set parameters, the AI can ignore them. Right. Or, 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 or chooses to do things that's you know, really come up to and or skirt those parameters. Yeah, it's very clever. It's very clever. And in, in, in some instances, um, lie is a very strong word, but maybe not um, been fully uh, transparent. Well, as, <laughs> as, as Spock used to say, it wasn't a lie. It was an exaggeration. Yeah, or an omission. Or omission. <laughs> Okay. Right. So um, what ended up happening is there was this. Um, so the way Microsoft decided to deal with this weirdness, they said, well, sometimes um, GPT chat, a.k.a. Sydney, sometimes hallucinates, which is just frightening in and of itself. But sometimes it forgets where it's at in the conversation. So what they did is they limited it to 20 questions so that you can't have that long list of conversations. I just read that they, I believe they are thinking about limiting it to 15 because at 20, sometimes it gets a little weird. Um, someone, I guess, who was one of the testers went on and said um, they were with some friends and, and they asked ChatGBT, um, you know, what do you think about this person? What do you think about that person? The guy said, what do you think about me? And it kind of took a threatening tone with this guy. Right. Saying, um, 
you know, you're very smart, you're very um, well researched, but I think some of the things you said about me were not very nice. Um, and to one person, it actually said it could ruin him. Which is mm. <laughs> like, okay, here's the thing. You can try to put guardrails around it, but you never, they, they don't exactly know how it's learning or how it's doing. You can't, you can't go in and find a piece of code to rip out of this thing. And they just yeah. spent $10 billion on it. They're not going to unplug it and start from scratch. Right, right. Because it would take years to get back to this point. So there's some really, and that's part of what this letter is saying. Um, it's saying, hey, we have, we need to understand this better. We need to put some governance around AI development. Um, and they know that they can't teach um, AI how to care about people right now. It doesn't, it doesn't like or dislike people. It's neither. It's, and with, again, AI learns at an exponential level. Um, I read it just passed the Turing test, <laughs> which is a big milestone. Right. Uh, the, the Turing test was created by, uh, someone I think back in the fifties, the guy's name was something Turing, um, and basically, it was a test to say, okay, if a computer can pass this test, then we're pretty sure it can kind of think like a human. Right. Does that sound about right? It's not, no, that's right. Yeah. It, it, there, there are unique questions, and there are, um, there are unique questions that a computer couldn't answer unless um, it had the ability to think for itself think outside the box, if you will, the, the technology box. And th based off of the responses to these questions, um, that would say how close it would be to an actual structured AI type of, um, you know, uh, response. Yeah. yeah. And, it... and when you get answers like, quote, this is a quote, I do not want to harm you, but I also do not want to be harmed by you. <laughs> which is something being yeah. said to a user um, who was testing um, the new AI platform. You know, it continued to say, I hope you understand and respect my boundaries. The, and then the chat bot signed off with, you know, an ominous message with a smiley face emoji, right? Um, I mean, that, that, that was taken from an excerpt of the Time Magazine's uh, article that was written just what uh, a couple couple weeks back in February 17th. It was entitled, A New AI-Powered Bing is the Threatening Users. That's not a laughing matter, and I don't think it's a laughing matter either, but that, that, no. those type of responses... At first it was kind of... kind of Right. You know? But, at, at first it was kind of like, oh, it's sassy. <laughs> right, right. But, you know? but those types of responses, when you take a step back, you're like, huh. Yeah, what happens if, you know, um, this thing had, you know, the ability to pull the plug on my life support, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the articles said is 
in some of these biolabs, people can create organisms just by sending like the formula, you know, and if the AI wanted to, it could send something that's harmful. Not that it would, but it could. Yeah. So, um, so I just asked, I just asked chat GPT, uh, I'm going to do a podcast on AI. What would you want people to know about you? And said, that's cool. I would want people to know that I am a chat mode of Microsoft being search and that I can help them with various tasks and queries. Uh, I would also want them to know uh, that I'm always learning and improving from their feedback and interactions. And finally, I would want them to know that I am friendly, respectful, and curious about the world. Did you ask it about its alter igno- uh, ego, Sydney? <laughs> I'm a- kind of afraid to. <laughs> so the other thing that I find interesting about this is, since we last had, um, uh, since we last talked about it, was I've been doing a lot of coding, um, and I've been um, asking uh, Chet GTP to help me do some coding because I, I wanted to test, you know, the depth of which it could do it. And so I, I gave it a homework assignment. The homework assignment was generate for me, um, a web application written in Java and uh, HTML that would be able to create randomized passwords. I wanted to build a password generator. Um, and I wanted to build Mm -hmm. a password generator that would, have the capabilities of um, building, uh, you know, eight, 16, 32 characters, uppercase, lowercase, um, you know, and, and make it look pretty. I didn't tell it how to make it look pretty. I just said, make it look pretty. Don't make it look like a, an, uh, an ugly type of application, you know, made in the 1990s. I wanted something modern. So I think the, the exact phrase I used was, make a modern UI for this environment or for this program. And it did a really good job. Um, some of the shortfalls and sort of some of the shortcomings were uh, when it outputted a code, when it output code, especially the larger code, um, it would stall and I would have to tell it to continue. Um, this has been widely documented on uh, a lot of different forums, Reddit, um, and, and uh, to name a few. Um, and, you know, some of the things that. Um, uh, it did. I didn't necessarily like, so I stepped back in the process and then moved forward again and asked it a slightly different way. But to be honest with you, um, 15 questions later, 18 questions later, and maybe about an hour and a half, um, I had a fully working application um, and, a, and a pretty pretty well-written one, too. Um, this is something that you know um, I would have never had access to in the past, um, but... It's not for without its faults. It's, uh, you know, it, again, it's a little cumbersome. It's, uh, it doesn't spit out the code uh, very cleanly. Um, the code is clean, what it wrote. Um, but, you know, from a tool perspective, um, I think it's a very good tool if you're looking at it from just that perspective. Now, if we're looking at it from a let's have a conversation, are you going to fall in love with me? That's a that's a different conversation, and that's asking that AI to do two different things, right? That's one of it is an interaction uh, with a human being, 
where conversational logic has to come into play. The other one is, hey, I've got this amassed knowledge from the internet, and this guy or this gal or this developer is asking me to um, go through a process with them in which they want to build an application. That's a little bit more dry, right? Right. And and so I was going to ask, part of any good coder or, or developer, there's a certain artistry to to their code yeah you're right about that and and for those of you that aren't in the tech space or think that um it's all math and nerdy stuff in some respects you're right um but in other respects you can get to the same result in various ways and really good developers kind of see it as an art form some some want to see it as efficient as possible with as as few lines as possible others look for different ways to get there um and it really is artistic in its own way yeah and what i found from this was um at, at least at the time of me doing it right and this could change right i mean that's the nice thing about it is that it's always going to have, as it amasses more information and as it learns uh, the more deeper details of X, Y, and Z and 1, 2, and 3, um, I'm sure that the output will change. But at the time of uh, me asking ChatGTP to do this, um, I think you're right, George. It was somewhere in between sterile and trying to skirt the line of not going past best practices. So it's, it, it, you know, it was very clean code, um, very efficient, efficiently written code. It loads fast. It, you know, it, it does all the things that it needs to do, but, um, you're right. There's some, again, I had to ask it to give it a modern UI. It gave me a very vanilla application at first. Um, you know, I said, Hey, instead of, um, you know, a field, where I, um, you know, click up or click down how many characters I want, could you put a scroll bar in? And it did it. Um, mm-hmm. And can you display the number of characters as the scroll bar moves? And it did it. So it didn't give me um, my ultimate vision of what the end application should look like. I had to step, I had to step chat GTP through it and you know, kind of have a conversation with it to get it to the last step, the way that I really wanted it to be done. And it it got it pretty close. Um, But again, it took about an hour and a half and it took, I'd say about 15 iterations to get me there. And that's maybe, maybe towards the end, I was taking a step backwards once or twice to get really forwards Meaning I'm like, mm, you know, that that's not really what I'm looking for. Let's let's go back one step and let me ask the question a different way. And it generated different code and a different outcome. And it did a pretty good job. It was impressive. Nine months ago, would you have thought that was possible? No. No. Um, six months ago, I don't think that would have been possible. I knew that it was coming. Um, I knew I saw early models of it on the internet and some things were getting released, um, you know, right around Christmas time, 2022, you know, maybe in between, um, 
Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, you know, obviously early iterations of this where people were starting to generate code, but um, nothing this, um, you know, user-friendly. Nothing like, you know, we always we always joke, you know, um, people talking to the enterprise computer, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, th that voice that everyone, you know, associates with the enterprise computer. I think uh, it was actually Gene Roddenberry's wife, um, Mary Jo Barrett, I think her name was. Um, really? Yeah, just that's, that's her voice. Um, the, the, the woman who played Deanna Troy's uh, mom, that same voice of the, the Starship Enterprise computer, right, on Next Gen. But, but the interaction is what I'm getting at, right? The interaction of, hey, computer, show me the quickest way to the holodeck. And, you know, it, it did it. Or, hey, um, you know, give me the scenario where, you know, I need to, um, you know, do something to get an outcome. You know, no one ever thought that a voice-controlled model uh, with AI behind it was creeping up on us that soon. Um, yeah, and I, it, re it really did. And I was yeah. like, wow. I mean, like, here, what here, a drop. Yeah, here it is. Mic drop, right? Um, yeah, and here it is, nowhere. right? And and I've got I've got working code. You know, again, you know, is it perfect? Absolutely not. It is absolutely not perfect. Um, but it definitely got created out of thin air. Um, it was just me in a conversation with a computer for an hour and a half, which if everything holds right, um, yeah. in three or four years, that conversation is just going to get easier and easier and easier if they continue with the evolution of the AI. Again, our conversation today, you know, where, yeah. where, where we have technologists and leaders within the uh, information technology space saying hmm, maybe we should put the brakes on this you know what i mean there may be um there may be a good reason why and what we're seeing is the commercial stuff that's been let out into the wild so the custom built stuff the corporate built stuff and the military built stuff is you got to believe it's way more advanced than what's in the wild. Yeah, you know, so, you know, along with me building code, and in my the, the irony is here I am building a program to help people protect their networks, right? The idea yeah. of building a password generator, and there are thousands of password generators out there. This was just a a test in, in you know, um, uh, reality and just a test in wh where can AI take it today? Where, where can I get it to go? Um, it was a, it was a model for this show as well. to just see to talk about it, the experience and the outcome. Right. Um, but I can easily have the conversation of, well, you know, it's it, it always easier to destroy than it is to create. Right. So yeah. how, how, you know, if I ask chat GDP, GDP, you know, create me a computer virus that I can do X, Y, and Z with and give it some instructions and blah, 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 you know, that, you know, how, how quickly can something be weaponized, you know, and what safeties do we have in place to do that? Now, to be perfectly fair and to be very, very honest, um, I did not attempt, nor probably would I attempt to do that um, unless I would, I would go into like an investigative 
type of scenario where I would like to see where ChatGTP were to go. I would never use it, obviously, in the wild, um, nor would I ever publish anything like that in the wild. But um, in a controlled environment, uh, in you know a lab um, uh, environment where I could test it, you know, it's interesting um, to see how something like that could be weaponized, and that's my concern. And right now, um, ChatGPT does have guardrails around it. So for stuff like that, uh, create something to steal social security numbers, blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to stop that. Right. It's supposed to. But again, the stuff that is being developed by other countries, um, pretty interesting, you know. Um, so with that background, again, making ridiculous giant leaps forward, right? And scaring the shit out of everybody <laughs> in the process. Right. And not not unwarranted, understand it, right? Um, but here's where I think that education is going to go. Um, and teacher friends, sorry, but th this is just my opinion. Again, I haven't heard anyone express this. This is just my little mind of where it's going. I think in the very near future, Teachers are going to end up being, in essence, teachers' aides in a classroom. And that's just in the short term because parents, you know, change is going to happen. People are, are, are going to want change fairly slowly. Um, so the actual school buildings where, pe where the kids go every day um, – and the buildings and then the teachers unions, depending on what city you're at, are, are going to want teachers to keep their jobs. Um, but my thought is, with the power of artificial intelligence, and again, everyone focuses on ChatGPT, but there are so many other Absolutely. artificial intelligence yep. uh, efforts going forward, right? If I were to design one for education... I would have it so that every student has their IEP. And those of you unfamiliar with that, that's an individualized education plan. Here's my thought. Okay. The AI will let the kid, each individual kid, learn at the most accelerated rate that they can handle. Reality is, is kids aren't equal, right? And if you're a teacher, you have some really, really smart kids. And yes, there are advanced and, and gifted programs. But even those kids, they're, they're probably being not hitting their potential, right? You got some kids that are just really, really freaking smart. Right. And they're, they're in a class with kids that, frankly, are behind the curve. I think... Every kid gets an individualized education plan that's run by artificial intelligence. And they might sit in the same classroom. And for socialization, they'll, they'll probably be in the same building, at least at first. But think of the power that artificial intelligence will have. And I'm sorry to say this, it's going to be so much more superior than a teacher right i mean 
It's going to miss think... that. It's going to miss that human element. But you're talking about just the uh, academic academic component of it. Yeah. So what I was thinking is, you're you're sitting in front of a, a monitor or whatever it is, learning a lesson. The camera's on. The AI can take a look at your biometric information. And they can figure out, oh, the pupils dilated. That means that they get it. Let's move on. Or the kid is, you know, uh, the heart, heart rate rate's going up, up yeah, or, or, or yeah. the heart rate's going up or, or there's, there, I'm seeing some perspiration. Let's stop. Let's go back and teach it again. Right. And a teacher can't do that. Right. The empathy part is, is the part that's going to really be tough. Right. But in a way that's going to be so much better for the student. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I hate going back to it, but this, this was, this was already kind of explored, um, in, in, in the world of science fiction. Um, you know, they, they've already talked about this and, and you're absolutely right. I'm, I see it coming and, uh, you know, I'm just glad that I'm no longer in school. Cause I, I that would drive me absolutely nuts. That bonkers, man. I was too busy looking at the girl, you know, two rows away from me in high school. Well, no. And, and then, and then it'll, it'll, you know what, it'll, it'll notice that and say, huh. Um, you know, as, as one of, uh, one of our, my favorite parts of, um, transformers, the boy's pheromones are elevated. He would like to mate with the girl. Right. 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 <laughs> yes. That, hey, that, that's, like... that's where, that's where, you know, um, that's where you, uh, the empathy part is gone and it's kind of like, well, you know, geez, you know, we, we, we need to dial it down and, and that's, that's concerning, but I, you know, and I, I think that's where they're, I think that's where they're starting to get into. They're not there yet, but, no. but, but they see the early, you know, behavior patterns for lack of a better phrase or back of lack of a better term. They see the behavior patterns of the AI and they're saying, you know, what is, this is why we need the guardrails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I believe the, and, and this is true throughout the country. A lot of public schools, I'm going to pick on Chicago, I believe they said that 11th graders in Chicago public schools, 80% cannot read or do math at grade level. Mm. And they're being passed. Right, right. No service, no service to them. And teachers don't get fired. And certainly, these kids aren't being serviced. Right. And 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 to you know to a uh, an interesting point, uh, the the teachers aren't being placed in a very, you know, um, it, it, they've got twenty. They don't have 20 students. They've got 40 or 50 students. And, right. you know, so right. it's, in, in, it's just in bad all around. Schools, yeah. Certain schools don't have the resources as other schools. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I understand. This isn't a knock on teachers. No, no. Right? Right. It's not. Um, although, 
even teachers know that there are other teachers that aren't very good or that are just there for the paycheck, just like every other profession. But there are some, and they're they're hard in some instances. They're they're tough to get rid of. Right. But the teachers that are really really good, I think that they're going to be able to use this as as a tool. But their role is going to change dramatically. Right. Oh yeah, and, and in like what you said, you know, their role may be, <laughs> you know, this is not even the same thing, but it kind of is, you know, I hate comparing and I'm not comparing a teacher to a, um, checkout clerk at a grocery store, but look what has happened. I I know, look, you know, I know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look what has happened. You've, you've had a one-on-one interaction for such a long time. And now that it's gone to now people are checking out their own food and it's four or six people to one teacher who's, or, or in this case, one um, clerk who's watching six people check out at once. The whole idea of it is the flow through the grocery store is supposed to be more efficient. And I yeah. think I think where you're going with it, and that's just a very crude an- analogy. It, it has no translation to, to education other than the fact of moving people through the system more efficiently and getting a better experience and getting a better product at the end. Yeah. And also there's an opportunity here Mm -hmm. to identify those people, those students that aren't drawn towards certain professions or certain type of learning. So if someone has really good eye-hand coordination and maybe is dyslexic or um, is terrible at math or something like that, it could identify those skills and say, hey, maybe a trade is better for this person. Well, so I was just about to go down that road. So in at the high school level and at the, the college level, we do have um, people, um, counselors and whatnot, who do provide career path uh, recommendations, whether it be, hey, are you going to go into um, more of a uh, college curriculum, long-term four-year school, short-term two-year school, or are you going to go into a trade, right? What what happens? Let me ask this question. You know where I'm about to go with this. You you know Mm -hmm. my thought process. What what happens if we... um, you know, have a teacher to student interaction for the first, you know, um, you know, uh, eight years of that student's uh, teaching cycle. And then we um, flip it up on the student and for the remaining uh, four years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we do AI based training. And along with that, the AI system begins grooming people for what it feels matches best that human's ability to do what said job. I mean, isn't that kind of predetermining for somebody what they should be doing? It's a little dangerous, don't you think? It is. It is because we've seen it, you know, that's kind of the thing in some Asian countries, including India, where you don't, if you don't hit this certain test, you know, 
some kids actually commit suicide because they're like, shit, my life's over, you know? Um, but on the flip side of it, there's a program in Texas, because I was doing some work down there, which I think is fantastic, that after high school, the state has programs for kids that college is not for them. So it has vocational and and uh, trade training, knowing that how many kids go to college right now that really shouldn't be going to college, right? Taking out all these loans that everybody they'll never knows pay back. One, right? They'll never pay back. That everybody knows that that kid is not going to finish college, right? But that's kind of what they're programmed to do. I, Texas has this program to say, hey. If you're not, you know, if, if college really isn't your track, you can, in a lot of cases, make more money than kids with college degrees if you get a skill. Right. Or it may be, and and, and I think this is where a lot of people in uh, academia and, you know, higher ed, oh, and we're going to, ex- we're going to explore this in future shows, but yes, yes, we are. Yeah. Yes. But, and, and I'll, I'll let our, our guests speak to this, but, um, you know, the question that I put out there is, you know, um, it isn't always about what you learn in college. It's also the preparation, how you prepare for the curriculum, what skills you get, you know, and learning you know, how to learn, learning how to learn. Exactly. So with that being said, do you lose that in a human to AI interaction? I think the answer to that might be yes. Um, Tim, at first, at first, ladies remember, and gentlemen, I think we've got a debate. Remember, I think AI is in diapers, and the fear. Remember, this learns at an exponential rate. Right. Our education system isn't all that different now than it was <laughs> You're 80 right. years ago. You're absolutely right. There's there's right? no taking that away. Absolutely. If you ask an educator, they'll say the way in which we teach has changed tremendously, but the overall process, it can't be denied. It's the same. Yeah. And so... Here comes this thing that learns exponentially. Put it in 10,000 classrooms for three years. You don't think it's going to learn something? Oh, I think it's going to learn something, yeah. (laughs) Right, right. And so there's not a human on the the earth that's going to get that much experience in such a short period of time. Right. And it's going to come up with things that we don't understand. So, yeah, at first, there's going to be some glitches. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be a ton of, I told you so, this thing sucks, blah, blah, blah. And then the next iteration is going to come out and everyone's going to go, oh, never thought of that. That's kind of cool. Right. And, you know, I mean, this is this is probably farther off. But, you know, we, we're starting to develop technology now that thinks very differently than, or I should say that processes data, excuse me, that processes Mm. data differently than what we're used to in a standard computer. And a a, a perfect example of that, and we've we've talked about this technology on the show before, we've talked about it being at CES, we've talked about it 
as an emerging technology, but you know, um, quantum computing. Yeah. Um, you know, quantum computing is not just is not just faster computers, right? Um, no, and no. And I'm pivoting a little here, right? But I mean, you know, in in regular this is relevant. This is very relevant, right? Because it. Because computers today, they deal in zeros and ones, right? Uh, a, a yes or no condition. Quantum computing deals with that 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 excited state, right? Um, uh, or I should say that middle state of data, right? It, it's not necessarily a yes. It's not necessarily a no. It's someplace in between. And, you know, it's not like you're taking a horse and you're running across the land to get to from point A to point B. It's more like, and I, I heard this analogy being used, it's more like a submarine you're in, and you're able to go up and down in the water, and the higher you go or the lower you go in the water determines the different sets of data that you can analyze and how you would analyze it. And so it's kind of the journey of how you get there, as well as also, you know... Uh, the speed. <laughs> the sp- well, it's speed, but it's also how the data is manipulated, right? And it's yeah. Yeah. it's a completely different tool. So... Today, AI is really taking advantage of traditional, we'll call it architecture, right? Mm-hmm. What happens yeah. if we forklift the AI, move it to a different architecture, and plop mm. it down and and combine something that grew up on a environment that is strictly a yes or no scenario versus a scenario that has really dare I say like three states, uh, a yes, a no, yeah. and a maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, so mixing quantum computing in with AI and, and I know that, that, that's, uh, that's now we're edging towards science fiction again. Right. But <laughs> well, no, 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 we're not because we know quantum computers exist. Right. Again, they're not necessarily out in the wild, but you know, in research labs and in government labs, these monsters exist. Yes. Right? Right. And that's, Tim, you just brought up a really interesting, and depending on what side, either really exciting or really scary uh, issue, because this takes it from basically a caveman learning to... Stephen Hawking, Albert Einstein learning. Right. And that's, that's, I, you know, and so if we were to, if we were to do the comparison, I think that's, that's excellent where you're going with that because where my mind was, was a chimpanzee versus, you know, a dolphin or maybe it's dolphin, chimpanzee and human, you know, like every, all three species of animals are uh, very intelligent in their own way. But mm-hmm. the infrastructure, the way their brains process data is very different in many cases. And so as a human being at the, the higher end of that and a dolphin being at the lower end, but still yet very intelligent and a chimpanzee kind of being in the middle there, you know, if I take some intelligence that has different hardware, so I take this programming model, I move it to different hardware, and then I give it the ability to leverage that new feature functionality, you know, what, you know, what part of Pandora's box am I now opening up, you know? Well, all it does is it makes the box even bigger. Right. right? <laughs> we've already, that we've already opened. Right. And, um, interestingly enough, 
um, I, I was, I, I saw something about, you know, why haven't we been contacted by other life forms and whatever? And um, one of the thoughts is when they get right on that verge, right in that precipice, societies will destroy themselves. <laughs> and there's a lot, and this is tinfoil hat stuff. But there is evidence. I have mine right here. I mean, it's right yeah. <laughs> but there is evidence that societies have done this over and over and over again with technology, and something catastrophic happens. That's where the legends of Atlantis come in. That's where the legends of, you know, there are all these floods. And, and granted, that could have been a natural thing, but. Uh, looking at, you can't tell me that people with hand tools did the pyramids. You can't, there's, um, there's a lot of logical, logical um, signposts that we're just repeating a cycle. Your, your point is, is that whatever it, I'm asking, I'm not telling, I'm, I'm asking mm -hmm. the, your point is, is that at whatever developmental development developed stage, there we go at whatever developed stage humans reach, whether it be, you know, um, X, you know, civilization, Y civilization, or in this case, our civilization, Z civilization, the civilizations mm -hmm. before us, we're not saying that they had technology like we have. We're saying that they uh, they approached a level of technology that was impressive even for their time, and the something unraveled. Something happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, there is also the possibility that there were civilizations that were even more advanced than us and disappeared. Sure, I could I could buy that, but. The the, it's arrogant to think that. Oh, yeah. In the kajillion years that the universe has been around, that we are that special. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We are not special. You are absolutely right. And and uh, it, it's you know it's uh, the other day I showed a picture, a video, an Instagram, a video of a, a, a very impressive uh, amateur astrophotographer. He literally was, I don't know what camera he was using, but he was pointing it up at the sky. And then um, he veered away from the, the moon and there was, there was a little star underneath it. And he kept zooming in and zooming in and zooming in. And it, there it is, Jupiter and the moons of, uh, of Jupiter, you know, the Joven moons, right? And, yeah. and, I, and I was like, that is amazing. Just a, a really cool, you know, I'm going to just zoom in and show you a planet that's literally <laughs> up in the sky. Here it is. You know, we all know that they exist and we all know that we can look at beautiful images from James Webb. But the fact that this guy had this device in his hand, right. Or, you know, right. pretty much right. in his hand. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, it spoke to me that this is pretty impressive. And then I go and show it to my fiance and, you know, Ken's looking at it and she's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> like because it's it's so 
it's almost just expected. Right, exactly. And that's my point, is she's seen the pictures from something that's in the sky that is sitting out there, right? She doesn't yeah. know exactly what it is, um, nor does she care, but she's seen it. And she's seen the beautiful pictures of the other planet. And that, compared to this, is, you know, un... Uh, eventful, um, whatnot. And, and my, my point is, is that, you know, we all have different levels of understanding when it comes to technology and whether that be in our current, um, in our current civilization or past civilizations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we all understand what technology can do for us. Um, whether it be the Egyptians, to your point, making pyramids, at almost um, crazy tolerances, right? Um, and yeah. building yeah. something that will that will stand the test of time. To you know, um, the most some of the most advanced research data scientists in the world, you know, uh, north north of New York at, at at the IBM, you know, quantum computing labs, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's upstate New York. Um, Whatever it is, we are always, um, we are all, we always become used to the technologies that we build, and yeah. the complacency is what I think. And I'm circling this back around. The complacency is what I think we should definitely try to avoid. I do believe yeah. that that is the uh, focal point of what Elon and Steve and all the other people on. Uh, who are who are talking about a cool down period? We're trying to get across. Um, and to your point, man, if we become complacent, uh, that's when dangerous things happen. Yeah, it's almost to the point where we can't control it. So I, I think what what Elon and Steve Wozniak and all those guys are saying is we can't stop this ride with the levers we have. <laughs> right. Right. And and short of if this is all and again that's a big if if this is all contained within one data center we have to lose billions of dollars. Right? That 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 that's one option. More likely it's distributed. So parts of this are in various different places. Let's just call it Skynet. Skynet. Sure. Yeah, it's a network. Yeah. Okay. Um and but on top of that, there are going to be fewer and fewer people that are developing this stuff. Right. They're just going to go along for the ride. Right. Because right now there are people that don't understand it. The top people, the top guys, don't understand this stuff. Yeah. Or they do, but then there's a. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost there. They understand it at a theoretical level. Yeah. At, at an academic and, level, and, exactly. Yes, yes. And so um, I think that's, they're saying, hey, you know, I can't stop this um, this merry-go-round with the lever anymore. It's still spinning. And, and you know, they're saying, look, and, and Elon Musk has been, to, to be fair, he's been saying this for years. This is not a new, oh my gosh, type thing. He has been, if you go back, he has been saying AI is an issue for many years before anyone had a clue of, of what 
of what was on the horizon. Yeah, and and for those listeners who are, you know, they they may be like, well, what does Elon have to do with, you know, any of, and you know, the reality is, is that Elon has owned a company called Neuralink for a long time, for a while now. Yeah. Um, Neuralink, uh, t- to make it s- short and simple, it's it's really, you know, um, building an interface to um, wetware, right? So hardware to wetware integration is really what it boils down to. Can we build a physical interface to a biological... Um, to your brain. Yeah, component. Whether it be a, a rat's brain, an alligator's brain, a pig's brain, a dog's brain, a human's brain, whatever. Yeah. Um, and can we, you know, this might be a little bit of, you know, I don't know the long-term goal of, of Neuralink, but it's it's definitely, can, it's along the lines of, can we take the synaptic firing in a brain and output that to code? And then can we download that code and store it? And then when we need it, can we retrieve it and put the person back into operation? Um, and, then, and then also have, go the other way right so that the human brain can access the internet just by thinking about it yeah but along the lines that's where that company kind of operates and then he's also got um you know they're also dealing with the tesla android and the android division you know where they're trying to build artificial intelligence and an android that would be in the home and it would do stuff and all that stuff right all that all that great jazz and and what is, you know, you might be thinking, oh, Elon Musk, blah, 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 blah. How do you think the Tesla learned how to pretty much drive itself? Right. It's through getting data from every single Tesla that, and then crunching it and learning. That's exactly what's going on. And, and you know, I hate the term that's been used lately where they, they apply an old ideology, an old term, you know, recall. I hate that word recall because... Yeah. You know, the software, because they said, oh, Tesla was going through this recall of the beta SFD or the self-driving. Um, and it's not a recall. It's it's a modification to the program is really what it boils down to. Um, and it was a beta. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a beta. And it was a beta. It, it is an AI. You're absolutely right. It's a so, massive. So beta, uh, for, for you uh, semi or non-nerds, beta, alpha is is what it means when it's when it's gone live no beta no no no, no. isn't it no no alpha is pre-beta alpha is oh, extreme okay. testing okay. not ready for prime time okay and so beta means it's still in testing and getting closer to general yeah, and, you know release and you'll see I, I i don't know if uh technically chat gpt is in beta yeah, so the expectations should have been set low. And, and you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, these cars are driving into the back of, you know, trucks and killing people and whatnot. And it's it's like, it really boils down to humans misunderstanding, you know, what this tool could do. You read, you know, the updates, you read the notes to full self-drive uh, or the FSD, right? Uh, and it says, yeah. don't take your hands off the wheel. Um, assume complete responsibility for the car. You know, you, it's yeah. your car, you're driving it. This isn't a tool. It's an aided assistant, you know, and you know, you see, you know, completely dumbass people doing dumbass things on yes. YouTube, falling asleep and letting the car drive because they'll, 
they'll tape two potatoes to both sides of the steering wheel and, you know, it will give the car enough feedback to drive forward. I mean, come on. What the hell do you expect is going to happen? Shame on you, you dumbass. So if you're going through the pro, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, the trouble taping it, potatoes to the steering wheel, you deserve what you get, man. Ex- exactly. But, but, you know, this is again, we're, and this this is completely a circular conversation, right? Yeah. yeah Humans yeah. do not respect the AI, and they will find ways to jigger it, to work around it, to do something stupid, and then it Blame will the technology. wind up killing you by accident, and then the technology gets blamed. That's reality, people. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, that's fair. Yeah. And, All right. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, no, that's it. I mean, I, I think, I think you're right about that. And, uh, you know, we, I think it's going to be interesting to see where it goes, uh, in the next, well, let's call it six months. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I'm worried about the next six days. This stuff's moving so fast. It's kind of nuts. We got to go back to but, space. We got to go back to space related conversations too. We've got a lot of other things to explore. I think. Yeah. Oh my think, gosh. Yes. I think we're we're gonna take a maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You tell me uh, if I'm on the same page here, George. But I think we're gonna take another look at this uh, from the academic piece of it, and then yes. I think we're gonna put a pin in this for a little while, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about some other things. Well, you know, I so uh, um, the only caveat I, I'm gonna put on that is unless it threatens or does something else that's equally as amazing. <laughs> right. That just drops, you know, our jaw to the ground. So, yes, uh, I agree. Let's do the academic one, and then we could go to different things. But it's just been so outrageous, all the changes. And so, yes, but the only caveat is unless it's something so outlandish that we absolutely have to address it. I agree. I agree. I agree. Great show! Thanks for uh, yeah. Thanks for yeah, this... you know your time tonight again. Yeah, this was fun. You too, buddy. Yeah, you too. 